minutes 38 remaining. They lead by 10 points. It's Fremantle's game to lose here. Sandaland's the big fist. Oh, look at that field. Somehow, the interchange bench and into his hands. Hello, Matt Judd. Welcome again to this week, round nine of the show. How are you? Hello, Ben. Um, yeah, mate, I'm, I'm still doing pretty well considering uh, Frio are now in the top eight. I think that's a, a big achievement. <laughs> it is very exciting for us to say that. Probably something that we thought uh, after the first two rounds we probably wouldn't get to say on this show, but it sounds good. It rolls off the tongue. Well, after last year, I never knew when I was going to get to say it again. Um, I, I was quite worried, and you know, after round two, I was worried even more. So, you know, it's really we we stuck by them. We put a podcast up, um, and we've really Boys dragged, dragged yeah, we dragged them back on our on our backs, basically, haven't we? And as per normal, it's only our percentage keeping us out of the top four. <laughs> yeah, we, uh, we've never really had a big percentage, have we? No, no. Nah. As a team, like. Maybe in 2006? I don't know. I don't remember us ever having a big percentage, like around 100 generally. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like 101. Yeah. <laughs> when, we're, when we're like 7 and 2 wins and losses, we're still only at 101. Well, looking um, to last, last week's game, 13, 13 goals, 13 goals 8. Took down seven goals, nine. Dockers got up 86 to 51. It was a wet old slug against the Carlton Scrappers, Juddy. How do you see it? 13 goals, eight is pretty good considering the weather. Um, I thought, um, we thought they were going to come out because Lyon would blast them. But it turns out they played a bad last quarter against Richmond and, you know, and then another bad first quarter. But to their credit, they've done the old one bad quarter, three good quarters again, just in the reverse order. Um, Yeah. Which, against some sides, has proven to be enough. It's obviously not ideal, but um, but if you can contain the damage a bit more, which maybe the weather helped us there. Um, Carlton weren't able to get seven goals in front. They were only able to get two or three or three or four. But, um, but you know, really good to see guys like uh, Walters really drive us again. Blakely had 30-plus touches. Um, Weller was good. Neil was good. Um, Jono was... Yeah, Hamling. Jono was good, I thought. Really quite good. Um, so, you know, people people were doing their jobs um, and and we got the job done, which is really what we were talking about last week is we just want to get the job done against Carlton. They're never easy to beat. <clears throat> no, definitely. It was fantastic to see Mickey Walters in that third quarter. We were pretty critical of him early on in the year. Probably a bit harsh, but you're harsh on him because he could do what he did in the in that third quarter where he just turned the game. Well, I think we recognise because we really rated him as a you know as a friend group, and I think the Dockers really rated him. Um, and it was disappointing to see a guy that we knew had was class play mm. quiet games. And part of that was because he was in a forward line that was getting pumped every week. Yeah. And part of that was probably um, he was getting frustrated, and you know he probably knew he had the talent and was getting wasted. So he's really relished it. He, listening to a few. Um, you know, classic Melbourne media men like Healy and those sort of guys, and they were talking, they were glowingly speaking about him, about how he's really, you know, not just being a, a role player, he's almost playing like an A-grader. Obviously, he's not consistent for a season or two, but he's playing like an A-grader 
for his couple of weeks in there, and if he can keep it up, then you know he might permanently move in there. Well, he's got the his ability to run through the mids and to go into the forward line. If he can bob up and kick three goals in a quarter, and then turn how many? T- I think he had twenty two in the end in a wet game. It's pretty impressive to be able to do that to be that handy down forward. He's definitely a X factor, isn't he? Um, yeah. He, you know, on his day can turn a match, and I think he was probably the deciding one of the deciding points in the pivot of of um, the Carlton match. And then you know you look at other guys that can also be an X factor, possibly a, a rickety cricket or something like that, um, yeah. and a Fife when he's you know returns to his previous broken leg form. Um, but yeah, so definitely Walters could be you know a big deciding. Uh, factor in a lot of our close games. Speaking of Fife, he was a bit out of form, wasn't he, Juddy? A few helicopters getting in, taking oh. lessons from taking lessons from DPS on how to kick the thing. Yeah, well He's still he still got the ball thirty times. Yeah. Um, he kicked he's two con- behinds. He's a contested beast still, but it almost looks like every time he gets the ball he tries to kick it too hard. Like he's trying to bullet pass it in the wet. He just needed to caress a couple a little bit. Um, I don't know. Like he's never really been a, an elite kick with uh, with his skills, so he probably needs to grow in that area. That's probably his one knock, really. He's he's good Sorry, overhead. Yeah, his his kick. Like he's just not. If he was Pendlebury like, you know, he'd be unstoppable. Uh, he'd be undisputed best player in the game. But you know, he's just got this bit of a sloppy kick that he needs to probably improve on. Yeah, but relishing the opportunity while Fife's been down, Lockie Neal and your boy, Connor. Oh, Blakely. Yeah, well, I think the really good thing is that Fife gets the attention and these guys bob up. And so eventually the turning point will come when teams go, look, it doesn't matter that we're tagging Fife because bloody Blakely's had 40 touches and Neal's had 30 or, or whatever. Mm, so then the, atten- whole. Yeah, the attention will turn off Fife and that's when Fife turns it back on. So... You know, it's it's really they can look at Fife all they want if they're going to let those other guys run run free. Those guys might be a little out of luck this week because they're going to say goodbye to world's tallest man. He's not going to get on that flight to Adelaide. We're gonna we'll turn our attention to that game now, Juddy, and we'll probably start with the ins and outs. We'll talk about who's going to line up first before we get into it. Sandy stays at home, puts his uh, big old feet up. Him and, yeah. him and Ballas can rest their hammies. Griffin's yeah. going to come in. Yeah, most which likely. Which we already Ross know. Said, yeah. And Langdon will, Langdon will join him on the couch. Who's, who is going to come in, do you think? Well, looking at the team, if, if those are the only two changes, then Griffin is the obvious selection for Sandy. Um, I think Sean Darcy's way too raw and... From a little chat in in uh, the Freo Rockets chat with our boy Mago, uh, a previous caller on the show, mm-hmm. uh, he he really wanted Sean Darcy to come in, but I think the guy would you know be having a yak after quarter time and you know really go would just die at the pace of the the game and the amount of running. So I think he needs a few pre seasons before he even cracks a game. Whereas Griffin, you know, we know what we're going to get out of him. So Griffin will come in. And then, really, it's how do we replace Langdon? And, um, you know, Tucker's an obvious one. If we go like for like in the midfield, we probably do need that run still in the midfield. However, surely people like Ibbotson still have, 
you know, pressure on their spot. And Collins would be a pretty good inclusion against a side that's likely going to have not just Tex and Tom Lynch, but likely get Josh Jenkins back. So hopefully, 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 Ross actually has a look at Collins this week. And, you know, maybe maybe Collins, maybe there's a bit of a, uh, Wayne, a Wayne Carey rumour going on around the Dockers. Maybe Collins rooted Ross's misses or something like that. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> well, Collins and, is, seems to be, to mind, we've been, I just don't know how he... I'm not sure what's happening with Ibo. He deserves all the chances in the world, but it's almost like keeping him is making it worse. It's not making it better. Dropping him isn't dropping him because we know he's not, and we spoke about that before, not dropping him to get rid of him. We just want him back playing his best. And I think while the opportunity exists, put Collins in. While he's in a hot bit of form, like get him yeah. in. Just say, just ring him up and say, Collins, get ready for a bit of Tex yeah. Walker. You're coming to Adelaide, bud. And we're going to put put you right in the hot seat, um, city of city of churches, mate. Uh, I, I think it's a good point. Um, who made a really good point um, on on Dork Talk? Sorry, not on Dork Talk. On our on our complimentary podcast in the Purple Rain, our man Oz, level headed Oz, made a really good point, and he was saying that really you you need either Ibbotson or Spur in the side. Like it's, it costs us to have both. Um, particularly when they're generally the two that run and um, collide and cause a goal out the back. Mm. So it's a good point. I think probably spur over Ibbotson most days of the week with the way they're both playing. So really, I don't see why Ibbotson is so... why Ross is so attached to him. So precious. Yeah, maybe. uh, Maybe it's a reverse thing. Maybe Ibbotson's got something on Roscoe. Ebo's got more feelings than Sam Collins. <laughs> yeah, something like that. We um, didn't touch on that either. It's good that you brought it up because I really wanted to bring it up. All-time favourite Doctor's play against Carlton in the wet. Big Gerson kicking it into the back. <laughs> Line, yeah. I don't know. I think it, it might have been uh, Connor. It might have been Blakely. Just lined up his number on the back of his shirt and just put a big old wet mark in his back. And that would sting. Yeah, it would in the wet, wouldn't it? That's... Um, yeah. Yeah, that's a that's a beer after the game, isn't it? Or a fine. Yeah, that's a classic <laughs> Dockers play. That and running too far are two things we do way too often, I reckon. Yeah, well, well I think um, if we're going to bring someone in and put them in the hot seat, Collins is a, a good good pick. Or if you even have a look at um, bringing in Luke Ryan and just say, look, mate, you're a small defender. You've had really good form. Um, we're not going to judge you, you know, if... if Eddie Betts will be kicking lots of goals on experienced players, but go play on Eddie Betts for a quarter or two, and how'd that be for his development? Yeah. Um, so that's another thing. And and Sandy would play if this was a really important game. I think the Dockers are quite realistic in that. I think what Ross would say was, we're in for a four-year rebuild. We're not trying to win the grand final this year. We're going to try and go as yeah. far as we can this year. But, um, but really, if... Um, if the Dockers are serious about the longer term, then of course they're not going to play Sandy under a question mark. And of course they're not going to push Langdon. So why not use this opportunity where we're probably not going to win the game, to be honest. Um, all things considered, it'd be very unlikely. But um, why not go, okay, Collins, you're on Tex. All right, Luke Ryan, you're on Eddie Betts. Go learn, boys. Blakely, you're on Sloan. You know, Weller, you can have a run around on Laird, maybe, as a, a defensive forward. 
Well, that's what we've seen what's happened with Blakely, and he just seems to have relished it. Like, when you have a look at what he's been set and what he's done, and he... It's just it'd be good just to say to him, especially with Blakely. It's just like it's like you can yeah. go through the fixture all year. You pick out the best midfielder in every team. That's what you're going to be doing. You yeah. shouldn't have any surprises. Like you have a look through every week, mate. They're yours. Particularly because if you hear him talk, he says, "Look, it's a job. It's not like the the Ryan Crowley tag. It's really no, you're you on that your player. Yeah, you're on that player, and they take you to the ball, and then you verse them. So you're yeah. a defensive midfielder, but you're not." You're not sacrificing your game. And I think he's no. really, really done well with having that role, not just being saying going going out there and trying to win all the ball because he can do that. But then he's not defensive at all. So it's really just giving him a double-edged um, double sword be, to his you, game. You've got to give them a reason to defend you as well. You have to be dangerous. If he keeps collecting 30-plus possessions on these yeah. players, I think it's a disruption. It, like It helps a lot in that midfield battle if you've got players going head-to-head and, and, you know, like they're getting done. Murphy's getting done. Bonapelli was, you know, it definitely changes things up. It's a bit of a left-field thing as well. Yeah. I, I really like it. I think if Blakely could kick goals, he the guy's allergic to goals, but if he could get, <laughs> kick goals, um, it would really really start hurting the opposition and they'd go, crap, all right, like what are we going to do? Um, but in, in all seriousness, seriousness, Adelaide are vulnerable-ish. Like they're not... They're not. I'd hate to have played them in the first five or six rounds. They're vulnerable now. We know they can be beaten at Adelaide Oval. Um, their midfield is their key. Stopping Sloan's a big part of that. There's a there's a really big um, blueprint into how to beat them over the last couple of weeks with North Melbourne and and Melbourne both doing it. So if we can bring a lot of pressure, which which we've shown we can. Uh, we can shut down or at least halve the midfield and, you know, contested ball and those sort of things. Then we restrict their big forwards and Eddie Betts and stuff getting the ball uh, and, and we can really sort of set it up. On the flip side, if we start butchering it and give it to their backs like Laird and let them slingshot and Charlie Cameron and all these guys, then we're, we're cooked, <laughs> basically. I think it's going to be wet in Adelaide this Saturday night. Um, I think we're a good chance... Um, of, of doing them and based on yeah their form in the last couple of weeks Melbourne Melbourne went over there without Maxi Gorn and got it done I think if we can bring it and bring it for four quarters I think we're in with more than a sniff especially if we can get off to a good start and these boys they've got a taste for it now Juddy they taste blood mm, and, oh well, um, well they, like, love, um, they love the taste mate like lethal uh, lethal Lee Matthews said if it bleeds you can kill it mate so Adelaide definitely can bleed oh, um, definitely so but look I think you say we're a decent chance. I think as a rough, far as a roughie goes, and as far as the odds and stuff, then you could you could make a case and say, look, it's worth a little punt. I don't think a lot of things would have to go our way for us to win, but why not, more or less? Um, but what I'm going to do in my own personal journey betting is chuck a few little bets on Dockers to win the first quarter and then Adelaide the next three, and maybe Dockers to win... Um, one and two, and then Adelaide the next two. And I reckon if the Dockers can come out and play well, um, then you know we might be up at quarter time, and then they'll just run away with it. So there's, they generally pay quite well, those ones, if you want to have a punt. Well, if you're talking about punting, should we, should we step right into it? <laughs> we can step right into it. Of course we can. 
Let's dive straight into the Ruffies because it's another exciting week in the Ruffies Club for, oh. for you, Juddy. How many? Where does that put you now? That was a great call. Far well, out. Well, you, not many people thought Essendon could beat the Eagles, but they flogged them, didn't they? So a bloke's going to the airport and having three a in a row there now. Who's um, getting on the aeroplane when the Eagles travel? They must well, just be rocking up shivering. It, it's um, it's a bit of an interesting thing. They almost do need to pick an away team and a home team. But I don't know what you do. Like, obviously, you can't just drop, you know, half your team every week. I'd drop, I'd they, you know who I'd definitely drop and probably not want back? Who's that? Darling. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> He's my favourite whipping boy at the Eagles. Um, He's as stiff as a wet sock, Juddy. I'd also want Big Eggs McKenzie to get in, but that's my one-eyed opinion there as well. Oh, um, the man the man who won me six and a half grand. Get him in. Yeah, he did too, didn't he? Um, so this week you went for Richmond versus GWS at $4.35 and you were looking pretty good until about the 35 second mark or something like that of the last oh, quarter. Oh, um, and so, you know, it couldn't have happened to a nice bunch of supporters, Richmond again. But, um, but you know, they obviously went down in quite dramatic circumstances. I've gone for yeah. I've gone for the Bombers uh, over the Eagles at two dollars fifty, I believe, and they really just got the job done. Um, Definitely, they look good, Essendon. Yeah, they looked good the previous week against Geelong too. So I don't know how they've got this yeah. week, but um, they they've started to you know get some form together. It really does come down to how Joe Danaher kicks the ball more or hey, less. Danaher. They had a stat with him in his first X amount, so whatever, how many games he's up to now, he's the leading goal kicker out of, like, Rewalt, um, like, John O'Brown. They had some other big names in there. He's a gun. I really like Danaher. I think he's a great player. I think he's going to get his goal kicking going. It doesn't really yeah. matter because it's just those so games by that, kicks, like, seven. By he's that, you, win it. do you mean that um, in his first, say, 50 games, he's kicked more goals than Rewalt kicked in his 50 games? Whatever he's up to now, I think it's, yeah. like, whatever yeah, well. it is. He's kicked like the most goal. I got a lot of Essendon mates. I got a lot of yeah. I got a lot of supporters, friends who are Essendon supporters. So I do follow them, unfortunately, quite closely. Can I ask why are they Essendon supporters? One of them is the sheep of the family, and the rest are West Coast supporters. And he just he just goes for Essendon. He, I think they went to. His brother was telling me they went to Essendon versus Eagles. And like Essendon won, and so then he was just like, "Yeah, I go for Essendon now," and just yeah, there. okay. So since he was a kid, yeah, and I don't know why Mickey goes for him, but does. Yeah, I've always been a little bit um, had a question mark over people that you know live in Perth or whatever. You know, both parents from Perth. You know, probably never been to Essendon, the place, like the suburb, and then they go for Essendon or they go for you know Hawks or something. Yeah. Um, Particularly because two of my friends, Sammy Wallace and Peter O'Rourke, seemed to become Essendon supporters in the uh, early 2000s, yeah. um, which was fun, wasn't it? And then, you know, now they're Eagles supporters again. The Eagles are good. They're probably Bomber supporters now again. Um, who knows what they're up to these days. Juddy, I'm sus on West Australian people who support the Eagles. Yeah. Well, I've had people in person, so not like social media warriors, say how... All Dockers supporters were probably Eagles supporters, therefore they're scum term codes, turncoats. I was like, Phew, that's a pretty hectic call considering I was like six when they came in or whatever. Plus, like, 
come on, mate. Like, you are trash. You can be the scum. <laughs> and I've just gone for a team that's up and coming. Um, this was like people talking loudly enough so that they knew other doctors. Like, people around. I think we're, we were like near HJ's at, uh, in Subi before a derby or something like that. It's like, far out, man. Some people are filth. Mm. Um, should we go on to <laughs> um, reverse fantasy? So, well, before we do, we're going to smash some bets on because you're ooh. you're in the winning touch. You need to put in your prediction for everyone to throw their money on. I can well, kick things off. I'm, yeah, you I'm can going, kick things off. I'm going for for the boys. I'm putting the Dockers paying five ten. I'm a smack five on it as well. I'm gonna put real money on it. Turn it yeah. into some naughty. Turn it into some naughty money, Juddy. I think they're gonna get it done. The old naughty money. Mm-hmm. Um, I am going to get around Carlton at 295 versus yep. North Melbourne. So I definitely agree. I think the only thing rough about that, so you're on Dockers at, what was it, $5? $5.10. Dockers at $5.10. Wow. Yeah. Um, and I'm on Carlton. So Carlton aren't, aren't a bad side. I think... They will have some positives to take out of Dockers game. Um, North Melbourne, I think, are playing a little bit ahead of themselves. They probably are starting to get a bit arrogant. Um, and I reckon Carlton, these are the sort of games that Carlton pit people because people don't yeah. rock up to the to the game. So, Just like they did against Essendon. Yeah, exactly. So, um, Carlton are good a, for a win. They're definitely good for a win. Yeah, I don't... I think they're, just, they're just up and down a bit, but they'll, they'll find it. Yeah, so I think that's pretty good. Yeah, that was my second one, but had to get around the boys. Yeah, oh well, you know what? I always like getting around um, the Dockers in these bets because you know you're either supporting them or you win money. So really, it's a win-win. Um, anyway, on to reverse fantasy. So you know the trend continues. Um, I've had another win. Uh, we both had a player out with that stupid buy. Uh, you had Nick Smith score a real 101, so it was a negative one, but uh, luckily for you, your other three players scored better, so Did Nick, Nick Smith get 100? Yeah, he got tunned up, yeah. <laughs> Sydney, Sydney had a win, though, so um, oh, I just want to really... So I've lost Roe for the season. He scored me eight, which was a huge score, but he's now done an ACL, so he's gone. I'm going to replace him with Ethan Hughes, who I, I think is good for about 50 maximum ever. Um, but I just want to really say shout out to Nathan Brown again. He's got had another solid sixteen fantasy points. The guy's got he reverse. Is, he's got reverse leather poisoning, basically. He is a spud. Well, he's a he's Zach Dawson playing first. And can and we just can we just comment on the fact that that's your second injured player that you've had play? <laughs> so you've picked two, and wasn't it knee as well? So that's two yeah. knees you've picked. You pick an injured injured backman, a key. Yeah. <laughs> so the first one was Talia, who's still playing for me. He missed. A, he didn't miss a game, but he got injured, oh, so he didn't play the game out. And you really want to pick? You really want to pick players prone to concussion? Well, see, the problem about concussion is they can miss weeks, whereas yeah, you true. want you want the Peter O'Rourke injuries, where you know they're they're fine the next week, but they get to stretch it off. <laughs> um, <laughs> all right. So this week. Um, I wanted to quickly touch on uh, the MRP before we go into our next couple of games. Um, so the media review panel, um, I've got two. 
Um, did you have one this week, Mr. Whiteman? Nah, nothing specifically to media. I was just going to... Well, I just wanted to bring up, and I was going to ask you, can you explain to me how the match review panel, the official oh. match review panel works, and why can't why can't the match review panel just be like the real world? Like, why have they got such a bad system? Like, why yeah. can't... Like, if someone does something in the real world, you just get treated... Like, it just gets treated individually and dealt with. But in, like, AFL world, it's like, ooh, well, we made a rule that says you can do that, so... Although we don't want you to do it, you can do it for another week. And then in a week, you're not allowed to do it. Like, yeah. Look, it's it a is joke, just isn't childish. It? It's an absolute joke. And, you know, well, it's I don't, it doesn't... It's players. It doesn't affect it too much, but it's just so... I think that a really good point was made by several people where they said kids that are, you know, playing Kick and under nines and under tens and all those grades see... You know, Cochin jump a punch, Neil on the chin. They see Cunnington punch in the solar plexus. They see, um, who was the other one? Higgins punch. So they see all this stuff and then that person plays the next week and it's it's really reinforcing at a kid level that, you know, a grassroots level that these things are okay. Definitely. And you can't, and I'm pretty sure, and you'll be able to, you'll know this, it's a card in any, you get a card and you're sent off. You can't jump a punch. This is an interesting stat. So the AFL is the only grade, including waffle, that's rarely used in waffle, but including waffle, and I'm pretty sure the other um, state It doesn't have card system? Doesn't have card system, yeah. Bring in so, a card system. That is a joke. It is an absolute joke. I'm not saying they won't. use cards. I'm not they saying won't. no. They yeah. won't until someone in a grand final fly kicks someone before the bounce. Yeah, they won't That's do happen. it. Yeah, it, it's an interesting one, isn't it? I, I think, I mean, even in rugby, the most bloody bogan sport going around, they have a card system, a sim The system, AFL so. do not like looking forward. They're like, nah, nah, nah. Don't change rules for the future. We just use hindsight. But they love changing rules, which is the weird thing. Just certain rules. <laughs> yeah. um, We've been sidetracked here. So, um, two quick ones in the MRP. So, Tom Mitchell had 50 touches on the weekend. Yes, Hawthorne didn't win, but anyone that can get to the ball 50 times and get a, a legal disposal away has had a bloody good game. Um, I think he had, 20 of them were contested. Yes. And then they... Since, since the media has come out, certain people in the media, but a lot of people have said how it was soft and, you know, it's a bad 50-touch game and it's pointless and, you know, how, like, you know, they've almost denigrated the guy for getting 50 touches. And since since that, they analysed it again and found that um, rather than metres gained, they looked at assisted metres gained. So he's given it to someone and then they've got gained 50 metres or something like that and he's number one in the AFL for that. So obviously you need someone to win the ball and get it to the other person before you can get metres gained. Brad Hill is a great example of that. He doesn't win his yeah. own ball, but he gets 900 metres game. Oh, so yeah, I'm think, sure Lockie Neal, yeah, of course. So I think, uh, yeah, exactly. So I think I'm going to treat this like a melee. Um, and, Fines you know, yeah, and big ones too. You know, I think this is, have a bloody look at yourself. It, all the people that have come out and, and questioned him, I bet you have never gotten 20 touches in a game, let alone 50. So um, it's, a bloody, it's a bloody hard thing to, to do to get 50 touches in a game. Um, Buckley started it because he was like, he obviously didn't, it didn't impact the game. It's like, well, in the first quarter, pretty sure he got pants. Well, Buckley's definitely got more than 20 touches in a game, but 
Well, look, Buckley probably won't be coaching soon, so who cares about him? Um, yeah, look, there's one more, and it relates to the Dockers game, actually, but not to the Dockers. So Sam Rowe tweaked his knee when Fife smothered him. He went off, mm-hmm. um, had some tape put on. They assessed him. He was running around the boundary. They tested him, and he came back on, and then he actually hurt his knee properly. Now, how related those two were, we'll never know. Um, he might have he might have heard it um, in the first incident, and I've played out I, I played out a game with an ACL torn. You can do it, um, and so has Lenny Hayes. So has a number of players. Um, so whether he went back on and then it buckled underneath him, whether he went back on and then he actually did the injury from scratch, who knows? But peanuts in the media then come out and go, "Oh, that view, they shouldn't have let him back out." It's like, well. One, you don't have any information, let alone all the information. They might have tested him fully and found that there was no reason for him not to go back on, so he went back on. And two, let the doctors and the physios and whoever make the decisions rather than, you know, keyboard warriors. Mm-hmm. Um, so again, there's another melee there, and um, I, I think that's probably earned a couple of games suspension to, you know, probably a bunch of people in the media, but... Um, but too many to name. So there's a couple of big group fines and suspensions this week for me. Yeah, as always in the MRP. Yeah, Bolton was alluding to that in his press conference. It was pretty funny. Where he was just like bagging him out. They were asking yeah. about Mark Murphy and he was calling him true professional. And then they were asking about his medical team. They're like, yeah, they're all, you know, they're all professionals. <laughs> yeah, they're all qualified, you know, at what they do compared to media people who are like media people. Who are currently, who are currently on trial. Yeah, exactly. Um, so I think I think everyone can just settle down a little bit. Um, anyway, Dockers' next three games before our bye. Um, yeah, let's touch on that before we it, go. It posts a pretty interesting sort of a picture for us. So got Adelaide this week, obviously. We then come back to Perth and play the Pies, who I think is a very good chance at a win, should we play mm-hmm. well. Um and then we travel over to my home home ground in the Gabba and play the Lions, who are probably the most clear-cut bottom of the oh, wooden spooners uh, that we've had in a while. So, and you're going to be at the game as well. Which... Well, and, and we know what the Dockers do for Juddy. That <laughs> so... is four points. Put the four points in now. Yeah. So don't boost I, the percentage though. I'm pretty bullish. So we were saying that puts us at seven and four at the break, which is absolutely remarkable. If we were to say that uh, maybe four months ago, five months ago, but if we were Definitely. to say that after round two, people like if you had to put money on that, they would have been paying hundreds of dollars. Um, you had you had them for seven wins for the season, Jody. No, I had them for more than seven wins for the season. Oh yeah, Ducky. Ducky had them for less, so that was our line was seven. So, and they're yeah. going to get there at halfway mark. So, well, allegedly get there at halfway mark. So, it, it's pretty crazy stats. So, and that's with us playing, you know, not four quarters of football without our stars firing, with injuries, without yeah. Harley Burnell. There's a there's a lot of things that you could give, make excuses for for Freo that we haven't let Ballas out all those people. So, and it's definitely better for the for the development, like games like this week against Adelaide and games are going to happen in the second half of the season, 
they just become bigger, better games where obviously the younger players are just going to learn and develop more. Like these games, are they're fighting for their top eight spot, which is just something new to them. It's for them to learn. You know, they're going to get crowds. It's just good for the. It just makes the season a hell of a lot more positive than what it was looking. Yeah, the the learning opportunities suddenly become a lot more crucial for when we want to make an assault, like a proper assault on the finals. Yeah, the intensity is like this game this week against Adelaide. The intensity is going to be, you know, it's I don't know, Adelaide and that game, the crowd, you'd assume it's going to be close to sold out or hostile at least. Yeah, it's going to be very hostile Saturday night. It's it's huge chance for the kids to show themselves. Actually, went to get the kids. Few of them are kids. Went to the Adelaide Dockers game at, at Adelaide over last year when Dockers were un, un, hadn't won a game, but they put up a not a bad show. They couldn't kick a goal to save their life, but you know they didn't get pumped by any means. Um, we we're in the stands and at halftime we're having a beer and there was a like relatively friendly middle aged Adelaide supporter and it was around the time when Nat Nui had kneed Sandy in the ribs and he broke his ribs and had a um, punctured lung and and I think it was the game after or maybe two games after. And this guy's like, oh, yeah, how bad is that about Sandlands? We're like, yeah, yeah, that was a pretty big injury. He goes, oh, yeah, I heard he had to have his ribs surgically removed. I was like, eh, that sounds like that old Marilyn Manson bloody <laughs> rumor rather than what actually happened. He's like, no, 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 it definitely happened. And I was like, mate, I'm pretty sure no one's ever, no one's had their rib removed surgically after a rib fracture ever. Like, it just doesn't happen. And he's like, no, 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 definitely. My wife's a nurse. And I was like, all right, mate. Well, your nurse wife, unless she was in the theatre, I don't believe it. <laughs> unless the bones are in your living room. Yeah. Like, unless you've got footage of it, I don't believe you. Um, and basically, it went from a relatively okay chat to, I was like, off this guy so hard for just being such a such a spud. I would have such- M- MRP'd him, basically, I reckon. <laughs> But no, we do look forward to these. I, I'm really looking forward to the break and where we sit, and it definitely makes it more exciting to travel to to go up to Perth and watch the games. I'm more excited about using my membership now, at least. Yeah, definitely. Well, um, looking forward to the possibility of a uh, a live episode around June 10, June 11, when um, Dockers play Brisbane in Brisbane, and one we'll get ben, around it. One Ben Whiteman is apparently showing face over here. Gabba's a nice ground, actually. Yeah, haven't been there and look forward to it. So we'll just, we'll finish off. We'll throw down some predictions. My prediction last week that Ballers would come out and kick a bag. That's obviously <laughs> yeah. backfired. That was, that was terrible. I put the back, so I didn't dead. touch wood. Um, well, yeah, what, do you, what do you got this idea. week, mate? This week for me, in the wet weather, I think Nat Fife's going to come out, um, return to some form. That's what I'm really hoping. That, he that does like back. Adelaide Oval. He does yeah. like Adelaide Oval. Um, and, that, and he's going to lead the charge because I think we win the midfield, we win the game. That's where I'm at with it. All right, I like that. I like the positivity of yours. I'm going to go uh, unrelated to Dockers again. Um, so last week I predicted that someone would do something silly in terms of sledging. Oh, yeah, disappointed, um, didn't Yeah, you know, it sort of put me off this week's prediction because uh, this week I was going to say some idiot will punch someone again and get done, get the book thrown at them. Oh, that will happen. And it'll it'll be Nat 5. Yeah, I'll stick with that. I reckon some idiot throughout the the round, not necessarily Docker's game, will throw a punch, um, will then go, oh, shit, I didn't mean to do that, and and get, you know, one or two weeks. 
due to the new interpretation of the same law, which is just ridiculous that you can... It's ridiculous that you can interpret a rule differently, so differently that it means a suspension versus not a suspension. If you think about that... I hope um, it happens to a Scott player, like a Geelong or North Melbourne player. Oh, well, Brad Scott in particular will be filthy if it happens to him, considering yeah. he's come out with all these MRP um, issues over over the last few press conferences. But, um, yeah, I reckon that would be a good sucking point for a lot of coaches if their player got done for that. Well, we look forward to it, look forward to this week, and Jody will reconvene next week. Yeah, sounds good, mate. It's been an absolute pleasure again. Thanks for joining me. See you, mate. See you, buddy.